0: Welcome to the Humans of Hospitality podcast with me, Mark Cribb, and a little bit of a different episode this week in the fact that the roles are going to be reversed, and rather than doing the interview myself, I am going to be interviewed. Uh, And Recently, I was asked to come on a friend of mine uh, who also happens to be my accountant, so a very knowledgeable chap, Warren Munson, who has his own podcast called Evolve to Succeed. Uh, And I was fortunate enough to be a guest on his episode, uh, chatting all about the impact of uh, the pandemic and the coronavirus on my personal business and my personal journey and a number of you have been in touch either through my Twitter or sort of Facebook and social channels asking about how my personal experience and personal business is going so I asked Warren if rather than just coming on here and telling you all about it if I could just share the story that he recorded with me so I hope you enjoy it hopefully it's not too self-indulgent it's very much around the same issues I've been chatting with other guests with whether that be the loans from the government, whether that be the retention scheme, coming out on the other side of this, uh, just some general insights and thoughts, and and really, yeah, that transition period of support that we might need, my general hopes for smaller businesses when we come out the other side, Uh, the speed of decision-making that's been going on behind the scenes, uh, and all sorts of stuff just around here. How are we all coping in this current fast-paced, fast-changing situation so uh, i've left the intro to warren's podcast on here so you can hear all about what he records and why he does it which i hope you enjoy please do check out his website show him some support and uh, remember if you can do go to the humans of website and click on the patreon link right at the top of the first page and make a donation to support this podcast that would be hugely appreciated <music>
1: Welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. As part of Evolve's ongoing insight and discussions into COVID-19 over the next few weeks, I'm going to be chatting to previous guests and other business leaders, hearing their stories about how they've been affected by the current situation and how they are dealing with it. It's clearly a difficult time for us all. And my aim with these podcasts is not only to inform you, about what businesses are going through, but also the measures they're practically taking to minimize the damage caused by COVID-19. I hope to also inspire you and add something practical and positive to your outlook over the coming weeks. My guest today is Mark Cribb of Urban Guild. Mark was my first ever guest on the Evolve to Succeed podcast. When we spoke to him in that original episode, he had just opened a new restaurant in Bournemouth Gardens and had plans in place to have it flourishing by the summer. However, rolling nine months and 48 hours before Mother's Day, his business was severely scuppered by the implications of the COVID-19 lockdown. Like others in the hospitality industry, Mark has been hit practically hard by COVID-19, but as is his nature, he's trying to remain calm, practical, and positive throughout this crisis. During the discussion, Mark gives his insights and thoughts on ongoing government support once things have started to settle
0: down. I hope the government are sort of looking into... What's the ongoing support here? How's this package going to continue? Because it seems silly, you know, hospitality is the third largest employer in the country. We employ over 3 million people. Having saved them, we need to start thinking about, right, when we come out the other end of this, what's the length of time that we can continue to support? Because those businesses aren't going to need all of those people instantaneously. We'll want to try and bring them in gradually, I suspect.
1: He reveals his hopes for smaller businesses once the crisis is
0: over a lot of people can't get into the supermarkets and they want to maintain uh, physical distance but you know the butcher and the and the baker and the greengrocers you know they've never been busier and and i think a lot of people have started to use those shops and those trades who didn't really know they were there and i really really do sort of hope that they remember them once life goes back to normal and talks about how the current situation really brings the entrepreneur mindset to the fore the business decisions, the speed that we were making decisions, you know, the, the, the debts we were cancelling, the negotiations now with, with lawyers and solicitors and account- and everybody behind the scenes. That's kind of what I'm good at, I suppose. And, and it hasn't been overly challenging. Um, I, I've probably quite enjoyed it. You know, I keep saying to people, like, I'm not bored. I'm not bored. I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing. Let's get on with the show.
1: Welcome, Mark Cribb, back to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Thank you for having me, Warren. Pleasure to be back. Yeah, it was great to have you back. You were our first ever guest on the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Uh, Clearly, life has moved on from there, particularly with what's going on in the world with COVID-19. So really keen to get both an update on your story uh, and also just to discuss the effects that COVID-19 is having on your Uh, business, but also with your Humans of Hospitality podcast hat on, a kind of insight into the hospitality sector uh, in general at the moment and what's going on. So could we kick off really with where we left it was you were on the podcast, we recorded it just before last summer, you were about to open Urban Gardens in central Bournemouth. Um, So do you want to bring us up to speed with things from there really?
0: yeah really is that when it was yeah okay so we did open um urban garden which was great really good feedback actually lovely venue right in the town center uh typical me it's got a massive amount of outside space so it works really well on a sunny day and uh and less well on a rainy day so it's another sort of fair weather venue but um yeah it was busy and we had a great we opened in june so we really only got two months july and august to give the business a proper test then we went into winter um, which was probably quieter than we were expecting apart from christmas had a really good christmas jan and Feb were quiet but it was really going to be all about this summer you know all, all of our venues really are seasonal seasonal town big terraces so we were getting geared up for summer uh we were what was it 48 hours away from mother's day the forecast was good uh we had a couple of hundred people booked in across the group we'd recruited a team ready for spring so we were all good to go uh hoping that we were going to have one of the best summers we've ever had with with our sort of you know two of our new venues and the hotel still trading and then covid happened and they are all closed warren crumbs. wow yeah devastating
1: mark well, to to learn that and then obviously you seen some somebody- of the Uh, media and PR and everything that's been around particularly you and the industry I mean how do you how did you ever cope with that 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 moment of getting through the hard times getting through the winter and as you say you know just about to open blue skies forecast and there is that moment when you realize that you can do nothing else but follow the government orders and close your venues
0: yeah, it was a shock. And we sort of saw it unfolding in slow motion, I suppose, because we'd seen what was happening over in China. And at first there was no real recognition. There was, you know, sort of it, it, it may get out of China, but nobody was really talking about it in any major way. And then I think when it got into Italy, we really started to get a little bit nervous. And, and I was probably, you know, a couple of weeks ahead of my team. And I remember recording a little video because I do some video comms to them sometimes because it's the easiest way to update over multiple venues but I sent it to a couple of my senior guys and just said, I was going to send this to the team about what I think is about to happen. And they came back and they said, you can't send that. You know, they'll literally panic because I would put there that, you know, their next payday might be their last for a while and they should really batten down the hatches. Uh, and the team made me re-record it and be a little bit softer and then sure enough i think it was a few days after that that new york started to close restaurants and by then i was convinced you know once italy and, and and new york were on the same trajectory it just became a matter of time and we were watching the daily briefings i think it was the tuesday of that week where boris in essence told people not to visit restaurants he didn't tell us to close but he told customers not to visit that was really confusing and and it was really difficult morally to think you know, are we making the situation worse here by staying open or does he want us to stay open? And he, you know, he, he just wants vulnerable people not to attend. So we geared up, as I said, for that sort of Mother's Day weekend. And then it was the Friday when, um, when they actually came out and explicitly said, right, you know, we're going to close you down. And actually at that point it was easier that at least we weren't having to go through the, uh, the sort of moral debate, albeit takeaways were told they could stay open. So we kept that open for the weekend, but it it was the first sunny weekend we'd had for a long time. And it, it showed, you know how much the business was about to reignite itself and kind of you know roll into summer because we were really busy um, and had a bit of flack from people for, for sort of having queues outside. So the Sunday uh, we went in and we drew sort of lines on the pavement, keeping people apart and we really tried to enforce social distancing. Uh, and then I think it was the Sunday night or it might've been the Monday night actually that, that then, yeah, it was the Monday, we traded Monday and Monday night Boris came out and he was like, right, it's full lockdown. And it was at that point when we said, you know what, let's not even keep the takeaway open let's wait public opinion will probably change at some point where they'll be desperate for us to open but for now let's do the right thing let's close down let's encourage people to stay at home Uh, and there's been a lot of people advising that we should get into delivery and I know a lot of restaurants have flipped into delivery but at the minute we decided yeah let's just uh, batten down the hatches uh, and see where we go from here and it is really difficult isn't
1: it we've got um, clients and people I know that run businesses currently that are manufacturing or construction and again, they're struggling with that moral dilemma. Do they open? Do they close? Because they are still in that stage you were, um, you know, in that void period between some advice, but perhaps not the clarity. And that must have felt very strange, as you say, because you've run your business with um, doing the right thing as nearly an underlying motto and looking after people and, and not knowing what to do must have felt very strange and awkward, Mark.
0: Yeah, I've always been sort of able to look people in the eye and say that we make the right decisions. And most of those decisions are around, you know, what we source product wise. So, you know, we're, we're very much into following the seasons. We're definitely into the ethics of the suppliers that we work with, you know, where where we catch our fish from. And these things can be complicated because fish move around the world and, and you can't be a completely seasonal restaurant and sell wine from New Zealand and, you know, coffee from, uh, you know, sort of down by the equator. But with all of them, we've been able to look people in the eye and we've been able to justified decision and say look we made this decision we were informed and this is what we sell and why but that was the first time that I'd ever been in a situation where the the, you know the national government was telling people not to visit my venue and here I was trying to work out whether I should still keep it open and in some ways you feel a moral obligation to try and keep your team employed so anybody who's working in construction or manufacturing I sympathize with them because they they want to keep those people employed you know they don't want to rely on government handout and, and benefit and in one side the government are saying please you know keep trade going and on the other side it's kind of like yeah use your common sense and do social distancing so it's tricky from both perspectives I get it from the government perspective but I also I really sympathize for I- employers who are having to make that decision, whether they're putting their customers or their teams at risk. So, yeah, challenging circumstance.
1: So obviously, with, with the clarity of, of what you could and couldn't do, I assume you're faced then with the uh, laying off, which has since become for laying your staff.
0: Yeah, who knew that word a couple of weeks ago? Furloughed, I think, wasn't it? It It's apparently common in the US when they do their shutdowns. But I'd love to see the Google statistics for who'd ever looked up the word furlough two weeks ago in England, and then how many times it's been researched in the last couple of weeks. But that was a real lifesaver. I'd put out quite an emotional kind of uh, message to my team, because I thought that I'd committed that I would do whatever it took to pay them in full for the month of March, because I thought that would be their last paycheck for as for as long as I could see, you know, because I, I think this is going to go on for some time. And I was deeply uncomfortable uh, many of those people I'd worked with for over a decade you know it's not a particularly well-paid industry you know some of my team had just had kids and, and when I you know I don't look at my team and just see uh, numbers you know I know all of their stories a little bit and, and then you know obviously their names and their lifestyles and what they do and the thought that that they were just going to be left with no income not being able to pay their rent not being able to pay for food was genuinely the most emotional I've been in the whole thing so when Rishi announced on that evening that the the sort of uh, the retention package where they would furlough and pay up to eighty percent of my team's wages up to two point five k per month, gosh that was probably the last time that I had a real euphoric rush of happiness. I nearly wept again, and uh, I put up a little Rishi poster on my wall, and I say a little thank you to him before I go to bed each night. <laughs> Not all of that's true, Warren, but uh, but I'd yeah. like to. <laughs> I know, and I think there's a lot of us as business owners and business leaders.
1: You know, that was the sigh of relief that. We were all facing tough and difficult choices, but actually we all, you know, you and I are very similar, Mark. We're very passionate about our teams. We wear our heart on our sleeves. You know, we've built a business over 15, 16 years that we're really proud of, but we're really proud of the teams we've built. And therefore, this has given us all an option to tread very carefully and to make the right decisions, but to try and look after our people at the same time so that we can bring the business back and and bring our teams back together in due course and uh, i think that's really important for us all isn't it
0: i think so yeah i i again i'm now i'm sort of flipping my headspace a little bit from the sort of instantaneous survival batting down the hatches what costs can we cut great the team have been retained and and now my headspace is moving a little bit to how long will this support be there uh, how do we reopen what time of the year will that be and realistically you know when i reopen the business it's not going to be the same business that I closed and we're not going to need the same levels of team so that I I hope the government are sort of looking into what's the ongoing support here? How's this package going to continue? Because it seems silly, you know, hospitality is the third largest employer in the country. We employ over 3 million people. I mean, it would have been absolutely catastrophic if the industry was forced to close down through no fault of its own. And all of those people, pretty much, I say 95% of them would have ended up being laid off instantaneously. Having saved them, we need to start thinking about, right, when we come out the other end of this, yeah, what's the length of time that we can continue to support? Because those businesses aren't going to need all of those people instantaneously. We'll want to try and bring them in gradually, I suspect. But yeah, it's complicated.
1: I, I think it is complicated, isn't it? And, and you do hope that, and I'm sure it is in the you know, government's mind, that there is no point in just temporarily saving jobs and avoiding high unemployment. There's got to be some sort of support, as you say, for certain industries, in particular at the back end of this, to give people the support to rebuild, reset their businesses uh, and grow again. Other businesses will be able to take their team straight back in. The volume will be there and actually some form of normality, whatever normality may be, uh, the other side of this will return. But I can see the challenge that the hospitality sector or the seasonal tourism type sector will have, that you're going to only have a short period of good trading. Maybe a two to three month period um, before you uh, reach that period where cash flow becomes under challenge and you won't have had long enough yeah. in the summer season to, to support
0: you through that. That must be exactly, a real fear yeah. Mark. It is and I, and I'm not comfortable with kind of you know I, I'm not the sort of person that expects a, a government bailout and uh you know I've always just thought you know you're a decent entrepreneur, decent business owner, you get challenges and you just work them out and we've we've worked through recessions and we've worked through you know good years and bad years and we've made wrong decisions before but but we've never you know there is no strategy that plans for a complete drop in revenue to zero overnight and how you trade back out of that so although i can't see you know why should the government treat hospitality any different i also think that You know, I've spent 15 years building this business. We've got a good reputation. We are part of the local community. People come in and have birthdays and anniversaries and and weddings and they spend time with us. You know, hospitality businesses for me are almost the very point of being on planet Earth. So if you're going to support any industry, um... Then I guess you know where we have been so decimated through no choice of our own, but we are part of what will pick people back up again. You know, people will want to get back together. They'll want to go and have a, a glass of wine or a meal with their friends and their family. And if if the industry is completely gone through no fault of its own, then I think that's pretty sad for for sort of yeah for humanity really. But the flip side is it can't be an open. Checkbook. So I suppose the, the economics have always got to make sense as to, you know, those 100 people would be laid off. I, I pay over a million pounds a year in various sort of, you know, taxes to the government. And, and I've done that for the last 15 years. And I'm happy and want to continue to do that. So we're just going to have to have some very sort of big picture grown-up conversations and probably some people cleverer than me that sit there and work out how we get out of this mess. Everything we've done so far has been sort of stem the losses, stem the losses, and now it's got to be, right, how do we rebuild? Uh, once, obviously, we've we've supported the NHS and got through the, uh, the actual most important thing here, which is people's health and well-being, I guess. Absolutely. But I
1: think you're right. I think the government approach at the moment is at actually, you know, keep society together, keep society intact, and then try and understand how to deal with the longer-term consequences once, as you say, the important thing has been dealt with, which is the, you know, the health crisis has been dealt with, the pressure that has been exerted on the NHS has been dealt with. Um, but yeah, it probably will need a uh, mind stronger than both of ours, Mark, uh, yeah, to come I hope up so. with the solution. <laughs> but And I assume what you're seeing is this is now common with your Humans of Hospitality podcast host sort of hat on. I know you're speaking to lots within the industry. They're clearly all feeling the same way. There's, There's nobody in your industry, I assume, that is sort of doing well in this environment or has found their own unique solution.
0: Not really. No, maybe the likes of Deliveroo and Uber Eats and some of those players. But I think the, the ripple effects, you know, the, it, it hit the, uh, the frontline retailers, you know, first, uh, instantaneous. But, but almost at exactly the same time, we all cancelled our payments to lots of our suppliers. So, you know, you've got farmers and fishmongers and, uh, you know, spirit makers and winemakers and wholesalers and, you know, accountants and lawyers. You know, it, it, it flew back up. The chain uh, really, really quickly, and I'm speaking to all of those people. Some, some have managed to pivot. I was chatting to uh, Canton Tea, for example, who are an amazing tea producer, and they, within 24 hours, they, at the minute, they only supply wholesale and they only supply to the hospitality sector. But within 24 hours, they got a B2C, you know, direct to consumer website up online. They created an affiliate scheme where anybody who works in hospitality can recommend uh, their product, and people can buy through it, and that gave 20% of the revenue to the hospitality person so it was a really nice way of trying to give them some sort of income when they no longer had jobs and then they were also donating a pound for every box sold to Hospitality Action which is the charity that's been running since 1837 which supports our sector and is providing 250 pound grants to people in financial difficulty. Um, So there's been all sorts of examples and and the community's kind of really stepped up and some of the restaurants are making food for the uh, NHS and supplying key workers lots of hotels are supplying free bed space for key workers so the the industry's really kind of stepped up and, and done what it can but none of it is revenue generating really and uh and, and it, it's just about you know keeping a few people employed or keeping ticking over in a small way um but yeah it's it's affected the whole sector at an incredible pace yeah i think it's amazing to see
1: you know across all types of businesses And sectors, what some of the sort of small owner-managed entrepreneurial businesses are doing to support, you know, the NHS and those that work in that sector right now. You know, we're seeing, well, we're seeing locally, aren't we? We're seeing the Conker Gin switch to producing sanitizer. I've got a client that's a nursing home that was screaming for sanitizer because couldn't get the supplies or the supplies uh, that they could get was sort of uh, ten times its normal price by their normal suppliers. So if that's not exploitation that Boris doesn't want, I don't know what is. But they found a brewery that would make them a sanitizer and couldn't find the bottles. So I was able to put them in touch with Muckoff, and Muckoff were provided them with the plastic bottles to put the sanitizer in to uh, you know to solve their problem and their need within that nursing home. And but we're seeing stories like that everywhere, and it makes you believe in the human spirit once again, doesn't it, Mark?
0: Definitely. I think that sort of sense of community and if something, you know, I do believe a lot of good things will come out at the back of this, although it's really hard to see how this ends from a sort of financial and business perspective and and i think people are trying to change the name now to physical isolation not social isolation because in many ways the sort of you know the social connection of the local community is the strongest that i've seen it and thank goodness we've got the internet in this crisis because it is connecting people you know things like you and i having this conversation now but yeah conquer you know they got us out of a hole as well as soon as they started to deliver that sanitizer because you know we were open we couldn't get hold of it because everybody went out and panic bought uh, and they really did rescue us and now that we're all closed and they can flip it into the to the NHS brilliant we had a load of gloves and masks that we used down in the restaurant that we took down to the hospital because they were struggling to get hold of them Uh, I've never seen I don't think such a sense of community and it's kind of nice to know you'd always I'm a deluded optimist Warren and I know you are too and I always like to think that people are good and people are kind and that that is that underlying sense of society and if if you work in hospitality you know we generally only work around people who are out to have a good time and and, and have fun Um, but it's been reassuring to see yeah people's Step up, and what is it now? Nearly a million volunteers nationally, sort of stepping out to help the community. It, yeah, I, I hope there's some good stuff that comes out of this that we don't forget too quickly and that doesn't change, um, and particularly around supporting the local guy and the little guy and that community kind of vibe. Yeah, no, definitely, I agree. Um, you know, one of the things that um,
1: I, I absolutely fascinated to see is how, yeah, the human spirit and that sense of kindness is shining through. My fear is that six, twelve months down the line, we all return to some form of normality, and perhaps looking after self-interest. And perhaps, you know, my hope is that people can remember this situation and what they did within their communities to serve a better good. And, you know, as well as yeah, you know, as well as being entrepreneurial, and as well as, as, well as having that sense of wanting to create, you know, wealth for the right reasons. Um, you know, and but being socially responsible at the same time. So, fingers crossed.
0: I really I really hope so. I mean, you know, if just look at my local high street, Southbourne High Street. You know, a lot of people can't get into the supermarkets, and they want to maintain uh, physical distance. But you know, the butcher and the and the baker and the uh, not the candlestick maker, the um, the greengrocers. You know, they've never been busier, and and I think a lot of people have started to use those shops and those trades who didn't really know they were there. And I really, really do sort of hope that they remember them once life goes back to normal, and they build those relationships, and they're you know they're actually physically going out and buying their bread and buying their their groceries each morning. Um, I hope that some of the reason, and it's, it's why I launched you know the, the Humans of Hospitality podcast, is that I kept saying I think people make subconscious rather than conscious decisions. If you ask people, do they want? you know, local business? Do they want everything to be owned by international chains? Or do they think, you know, that spirit of the local shopkeeper and supporting lots of families and lots of people? Most people would say, oh, no, I really like the idea. I don't want the world to only be Amazon and Apple. I want lots of people to have the opportunity to trade. I want there to be a vibrant entrepreneurial kind of local community. So now that they've been forced into realizing, oh, my goodness, you know, my local greengrocer does actually deliver, you know, that local baker does make better bread and he makes it every day uh maybe that 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 now we've established those links yeah people won't forget and they will start to just be a little bit more conscious in their decisions and i think what some of the big brands have done uh and you know some slightly exploitive kind of practices and even in my sector when you've seen some of the big players in hospitality who've not used the retention scheme and they've just laid off their staff i think there's some bad press coming out in the same way there's some good press and i hope people remember and they go look you're a baddie you didn't treat your team and your company well you're a goodie and you did and 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 the goodies will get some support but as i said i am eternally optimistic warren but realistic enough to know that people have short memories so we will see I'll keep banging on uh, and trying to remind people so are
1: you are you the batman versus the big corporates being joker are you is that what we're saying
0: <laughs> i think that is that is the case yeah i mean i've i've been banging on about this for a long time it was the motivation for launching the podcast was yeah. to have conversations with the human beings it's always been the human beings you know even, even in our business we don't buy from companies we don't buy from brands we buy from people you know dave who supplies our, our eggs and and all of the rest of the guys rupert down at conquer you know it's always the people first and the brand is second no definitely
1: so what has been turning back to uh, urban guild and and your venues and your kind of customers what kind of support have you had from the Kind of public in your customers
0: uh, in- incredible really the offers uh, of support you know when people sort of watched the, uh, the the car crash of the sort of five or six days that this was evolving over as quickly as we were coming up with plans and strategies to try and keep trading in some guys, whether it was takeaway or reduced hours or whatever we were trying to do, you know, the the government was changing things and we were making decisions that probably normally in your business life, you know, you'd you'd make less decision in 18 months than than we were making in 18 hours. Um, But the public were great at at showing an interest and then just you know, overwhelming. You know, some of them, we're sort of two weeks later now, and I only finally finished all of the emails this morning uh, from all of the people who sent well wishes. And the number of examples we were sent about, oh, you know, I met my partner at your venue and now we're married and we've got a couple of kids. Or, you know, I came down for my daughter's graduation or I had an anniversary there. You know, we're part of the fabric of society and people people remember us. It, it, they, they don't remember this, you know, they wouldn't remember where necessarily they went to buy their jeans or, or where they went to buy a bottle of booze. But, we're part of their lives and and it was it was a really useful reminder, actually, because hospitality has been tough the last couple of years. It's been a really challenging sector. We've seen the likes of Jamie Oliver's and Caluccios and these sort of big brands going under, and quite often not their fault. It's just a particularly challenging environment. But when you get this, this kind of tsunami of positivity and of feedback from these lovely customers, and you've been part of their lives for over a decade, um, it was humbling and, uh, and yeah, it did, did make me well up quite a lot. And, and just really nice. The number of people out there who want us to reopen. And they're offering to buy vouchers and pay in advance for parties or they're buying vouchers and you know cutting them up and saying they're not going to use them. So yeah, really, really lovely amount of support. Awesome. That's exactly what you want to hear, isn't it? And that, that gives you, that, I
1: assume, that spirit and that helps to give you that resilience to find your way and find the exit route to all of this hardship to reopen again, as you say, maybe in some different form or under some different format. But uh, it must just give you that sense of feel good that carries you through these difficult times, Mark.
0: Definitely, yeah. You you almost can't. You know, it, it's tempting to just you know by the enormity of the cash flow challenges of, you know, the fact that 15 years after building a business, we've almost got almost got to reset to sort of financial zero. The the impact on the team, you know, it, it's overwhelming, and there's definitely a bit of you that goes, you know, what maybe. Uh, Yeah, this is just the time to get out and to roll over and go, you know, do I really want to be borrowing money and getting into more debt to rebuild a really challenging business? And and it's, uh, it can be a little bit dark sometimes to look at the potential impact of that on, you know, your own headspace, your own finances, your family. But the flip side is absolutely when you see that incredible support and you realize you know that we're we're part of the community, and I'm not running a national chain, you know we're just a few local bars and restaurants, but when you look at urban reef down on the seafront and you can sit on the balcony down there overlooking the ocean, enjoying an icy cold beer and some quality food with your friends or your family, you know people love that and it's and it's a beautiful thing to provide, and I don't think anybody else could provide it better. Um, they might be able to provide it you know, easier than I can, but I think we do a good job. So yes, their, their support has really motivated me to sort of step up. And in some ways, the government support as well. The fact the government didn't just sort of let us all go under and go, well, you know, that's capitalism for you, you know, your fold, that's it. They've done so much that you feel this sort of moral obligation as an SME to step up and go, okay, you've done all you can to try and save us. I will now do everything that I can to try and make this business good again yeah so turning to you personally mark and around that piece that you know
1: you're you know you're a husband you've got two kids Life's spinning as normal you know you've got concerns about keeping them safe throughout this period how have you been able to deal with the the stress and have the resilience to you know to be able to i mean on this podcast i'm sure the listeners will agree you've You've got that positive mindset already i'm sure over the last few weeks it hasn't always been as positive as that but how are you dealing with it and is there any tools and tips that you could you know, give to our listeners as to what you're actually doing to put yourself in that positive mindset and frame of mind
0: yeah i think in the first instance i'm just pretty lucky and i suppose it's why you know, the likes of you and I and others, why we run businesses, you know, this is the time that we need to step up. Uh, I think it was interesting. I was chatting to Kirsty Loveday uh, yesterday, who was also a podcast guest. And uh, she sort of reminded me really that as entrepreneurs, we are used to living in pretty sort of chaotic uh, financial environment. We're used to making a lot of decisions very quickly. We're actually probably pretty good in a crisis because that's how we built our businesses certainly very much in the early days and actually more than that you've got to think about all of the people around you who, who aren't used to this level of volatility and your teams who, who who aren't entrepreneurs and don't run their own businesses specifically because they want some certainty you know they don't cope well in these very turbulent times thinking about their family's welfare as well as their financial welfare so in the main with me it's, it's felt a little bit overwhelming at times like i said before when i when i looked at not being able to pay those hundred people you know that that really did you know make me emotional makes me emotional now just you know that that's the, the trigger that every time gets me going and you think that's a, that's an overwhelming level of responsibility to have in your hands but the rest of it the business decisions the speed that we were making decisions you know the, the, the debts we were cancelling the negotiations now with with lawyers and solicitors and account and, and everybody behind the scenes that's kind of what I'm good at I suppose and and it hasn't been overly challenging um I, I've probably quite enjoyed you know, I keep saying to people like, I'm not bored I'm not bored I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing now I would actually like probably to get a few days rest because I feel like we've done everything we can and we just need to sit it out for a period of time and I, I'm looking forward to getting in the garden I'm, I'm fortunate because cash wise we can't spend any money at the moment because I've got no idea when my next paycheck is going to come f- through you know we fall through all of the um supports although my team are being paid i'm not being but i bought a little greenhouse i bought some seeds i bought some compost i've been getting the garden sorted and then, my goodness, I'm grateful that I live near the beach because quite often, you know, it won't be a surprise to hear that I'm not sleeping particularly well. So quite often, instead of laying there tossing and turning and thinking about what to do, I get down to the beach. There's nobody else about, and I go for a run, or I take my dog out and I go for a run. So yeah, some some sort of physical exercise, probably the holistic mindfulness of getting out in the garden and doing some some sort of planting, and it's all vegetables, it's all food sort of related stuff, which was you know never been more motivated to be able to grow your own. And then just this recognition that yeah, as an entrepreneur. Uh, this is my job this is what i do and and there's nobody else you can look to you've got to step up and deal with it when the uh when the shit hits the fan yeah
1: and i think that's what a lot of us uh, as business owners are finding actually this is our as you uh put this is our time this is the time where actually we need to show up and actually we're probably best to show up and deal with things because if you talk about that typical change curve we we move from the shock and the anger and the blame and frustration and a period of depression, quite quickly into accepting where we find ourselves, and going into that problem-solving, decision-making, and commitment on what we're going to do kind of phase. And I think that's that's one of the skill sets that we have. And as you say, that's why we run a business. I think what we've got to remember, uh, particularly with us with teams that you know are still in the business, um, is that they'll be going through that change curve at a different rate to us, and therefore communications going to have to be vital and key to ensuring that, you know, they come with us on the journey. Um, and I think that's a challenge that a lot of business owners are are facing right now. But yeah, I think you're right. It's about trying to get some structure again as well, I assume, Mark, because um, structure gives us some kind of stability as well in terms of our, our day and what does our day consist of. And I assume that's a bit of a challenge at the moment for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're fairly lucky in hospitality in that we're generally open sort of 24-7 in the hotel and and open from seven in the morning till midnight, seven days a week. So we don't have the traditional structure that a lot of people would have in their businesses, a sort of Monday to Friday business. And that's been good in some ways, but bad in other days. I mean, I've certainly very rarely known what day of the week it is, you know, in the last week. Obviously, with the kids not being at school, you don't have that level of Continuity. We're trying to make sure that they get a bit of homeschooling sort of Monday to Friday, but also really just trying to go, look, you're going to remember this for the rest of your lives, probably kids. And I, and I do actually just want to chill out and, and hang out with them sometimes. And, and it, that's the biggest sort of frustration, I suppose, is what a unique opportunity this is to spend some really good quality time with my family yet the reality is, you know, even, even when we get out, you know, we're getting out once a day together and, uh, and getting down the beach and, and walking the dog, but the phone goes and I, I'm trying to sort of, you know, strike this balance between taking calls, from, which might be from very important people with some big decisions being made, but also going, you know what, we're in this for a period of time, you know, just slow down, you're not going to solve this. The, the, the fascinating thing I've got at the moment, I suppose, is I've genuinely got no idea how we get out of this. you know, I I cannot see financially how we come through the other side. But the flip side is I've got no doubt that we will. I've got no doubt that we'll find a way and that the businesses will still exist and we will make it work. Uh, and thank goodness, I suppose, for, again, for that sort of level of, of confidence and optimism, which underpins everything, which frees up your headspace to go, I should just be holding my son's hands and chatting about the movie we watched last night incidentally we watched a movie on the uh, on the second world war about tank commanders and how's that for perspective it was fury with brad pitt and you watch a movie like that and you realize you know what those tank commanders went through and then we, we googled it afterwards and watched a little documentary on some of the tank commanders and you see you know how many people died and i tell you how lucky are we that our crisis of our generation is you know sit at home and watch a movie because that was gobsmacking
1: I was going to ask you, actually, if there was anything, and you've answered the question then, then about, is there anything that's inspired you or motivated you uh, through those, this process?
0: But that would be that that film for you right now, obviously. Um, yeah, just just gratitude. I, I think also I do keep banging on because you know you become very sort of self-indulgent in these matters. And I think the press have focused a lot in the early stages of the impact on business. but. You know, the most important thing is obviously those sort of key workers, those frontline workers. And my goodness, how how amazing it must be from a morale booster for them to see, you know, I, I walk around our local streets and people have got posters in the window thank, for thanking the NHS. There's a pub on the clifftop near me that's put up a big flag thanking the NHS. So you know we are very lucky. You know we are the privileged ones. We've got houses that we can stay at home in. You know we've got the internet. I've got kids, so I'm certainly not bored. And uh, and I think there's just this this huge feeling of gratitude. So if ever it becomes overwhelming and you think how do I get out of this, you just think you know I'm not in the war and I'm not a doctor or a nurse who's having to make life and death decisions by the second. And I should just cheer up, water my seeds, and uh, and keep smiling and do something with the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so well definitely.
1: put, Mark. So well put. And I think so. Some of it is about doing the simple things, isn't it? It's one of the things that I've realised is, you know, every day, you know, I've got two daughters, I'm trying to do something with each of them, and it, and then the simple things because you can only do the simple things in life. But how much joy those can do. And maybe a month ago, didn't do it. Clearly, wasn't doing enough of those those things. And and it's just remarkable how your perception of the things that you thought were important to you seems somewhat laughable now
0: really and you can get back and just do some of the simple things in life that bring you joy yeah absolutely yeah goth what a treat it's going to feel odd isn't it when we can just you know go for a walk you know we 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 live by the beach and at the moment everybody's doing the right thing and trying to avoid each other on the promenade and everybody's kind of like you know deliberately going out their way to avoid each other and you can't buy an ice cream and you can't buy a cup of coffee and isn't it going to be you know I wonder how long we will consciously observe when we're allowed to just sort of bustle up and down the zigzags and queue up for a, for a, a coffee and uh, yeah share an ice cream with your kids and those little things that you just didn't notice before they were just you know so insignificant uh, have become very significant. And I, I hope we end up as better people, even if it's not for a long time, because we won't remember that forever. But even just for a period of time of transition, if we can remember those little things, then I think that's that's kind of good for humanity and the planet, really. Oh, that'll be good. Life will be good then. So
1: Mark, thank you for giving us that update. Thank you for being so candid. Thank you for sharing some of your thoughts. Uh, other business owners will be going through similar processes to you. And I think the fact that you've been so open and honest with us on this podcast will hopefully help them through the um, struggles that they may be going through. If somebody wants to find out more about you, Mark, and in particular right now, uh, listen to some of your own podcasts, uh, how can they find out more about you?
0: Yeah, that'd be great. I'm I'm generally at Mark Cribb on Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook. I'm fairly easy to find. But the uh, the podcast is humansofhospitality.co.uk. And at the minute I'm having these conversations regularly with with other people in my sector. You know, almost every couple of couple of days, I'm just having a quick chat. I think it's so important you know there's been a lot of uh, publicity in the last year around mental health and you know we don't need to go through these things alone and never has that been more obvious that you know the one reassuring thing at the moment is we are all going through this at the same time we're all going through it together you know many of our businesses are, are technically insolvent or failing and it's not our fault and I think the more we can have conversations and just chat about it and the more people realize that okay fine you know there's hundreds if not thousands of people going through it and that's why I'm confident we'll find a way so yeah I think having these kind of chats is is really important and, and i do that on a regular basis on my podcast as well but thank you so much for the opportunity to come and, and chat on yours warren it's really nice to be uh, on the other side of the interview so thanks for the opportunity that's a pleasure mark speak to you soon thank you so much cheers
1: some great insights and perspectives there from mark particularly about resilience and recognising and being able to be more aware of what really matters during a time like this and how those lessons can take us all into better places in the future. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and please come back next week for more conversations of a similar nature with business leaders and entrepreneurs. I really think it's important to make contact and support with one another during this time and one of the ways is to have honest conversations like this. For more support and valuable content, please visit our website, evolvemembers.com, where we've created a special COVID-19 resource centre, which is open to everyone. And if you feel you've got a special insight you'd like to add to our website, whether it be in the form of an article, a thought piece or a video, please get in contact via the website. We'd love to hear from you. Inspire also offering free webinars giving practical guidance on the financial support being provided by government go to inspire.uk.net to register your interest that's it until next time from myself and the entire evolve team please keep yourself and your family safe take care and thank you for listening
0: So there you have it. Big thank you to Warren Munson for allowing me to share that interview on this platform as well. I hope you enjoyed it. A little bit different, getting to hear from me rather than the people that I interview. So, uh, But yeah, I hope you got something useful from it. And uh, back to normal from here on in with another episode coming out in the next few days, chatting to our colleagues in hospitality and if you'd like to send any feedback or sign up for the weekly newsletter that we send out or if you'd like to send me some information or if you'd like to be on the podcast yourself uh, any recommendations please head over to humansofhospitality.co.uk all the contact details on there as is the link to patreon where you can make a donation to uh, keep this podcast on the air okay thank you so much Uh, good luck stay safe in the lockdown and we'll catch up again very soon